0: From the sales navigator team, you moved into a recruiting role. You were part of the recruiting projects and you were a university technical talent diversity lead. So can you explain what you did in that role, Emily, and what your responsibilities were? And is this where you began to develop your passion for diversity and inclusion in the workforce?
1: You know, I would say that to answer your second question first, I think I've been passionate about diversity in the workforce probably since my college days. I went to Howard University, which is an HBCU, a historically black college university. And I know that a lot of the recruiters that came to my campus were there specifically because of budget given to their their company's D and I efforts. And so it obviously mattered a lot to me because that's how I was able to meet people to make a job or to get a job. But I started at Chrysler by working with the D and I recruiting team. There was a team dedicated specifically to recruiting at my university. So I think that's where the passion began. However, you know, I think I started to mention when I was talking about the sales role I had at LinkedIn. I knew that these are skills that I had that I was good at like talking with people and walking them through a process and having that process come to a culmination. So I was like, you know what, I think that recruiting is very similar to sales in that you have somebody who's interested in something and you kind of sell it to them and you walk them through the process and then they decide to be end whether or not we move forward. So I, I, I thought that would be an easy transition. The hiring manager thought so too, which is why I think I got the job. But it wasn't until I was in the job that I was named the lead for our team's diversity inclusion recruiting efforts just because of natural things that I was proposing about the team. I was like, hey, it seems like there are some biases that are happening in how we are trained to review resumes. We are being trained to look at certain schools, which could exclude a lot of awesome talent that we're just like not even considering or just things like that. So I started to just kind of naturally propose that we do more things. And it was proposed to me by my manager that I just take a little bit more of the time of my work day to spend time about like thinking strategically about how we can shift the way that we recruited on the university technical recruiting team to be more inclusive in its in its practices. So I was still recruiting with a good amount of my time, but all of my passion was going into thinking about how to be more diversity focused and more inclusive thinking in our team's work. So things like branching our recruiting team efforts into Puerto Rico. I, I kicked off a project plan On what that would look like how we build a talent brand how we recruit from their schools and ultimately we wound up doing that and it was very successful i thought of a nurture program so for candidates who either didn't accept their offer or didn't get to the job but they got to like very final round interviews How do we keep them in mind? Because maybe the time wasn't right then, but maybe it will be later. So how do we like build a process so that we're regularly reaching out to them and letting them know when we have job processes or job postings or letting them know how to do well in our interview processes, things like that. That's when I developed probably less my passion for diversity inclusion, but more so like how strategically we can think about implementing it and how to be a project planner in general, which ultimately turned into my program management career.
0: Boom. Yeah. you beat me to the punch. I was going <laughs> to say, you know what this sounds like to me? This sounds like you were doing a PM role, although your title was different. Oh,
1: yeah. But the yeah. function
0: was the same. You were problem solving.
1: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Like I said, each, each with each role, I think I chipped away closer and closer to get to like the path that I'm on now and hopefully will continue to do so.
0: You were getting closer to your unique formula.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So let's flashback very
0: quickly, Emily, to when you were in college. As you said, you went to Howard University, HBCU, and you got a BA in economics. Oh, yeah. With a minor in communications and culture. And you were a Howard University trustee scholar. Congratulations.
1: Thank you. It was a good time. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I'm sure. Did you
0: know what you were going to do with your degree, Emily, when you graduated?
1: Heavens no. (laughs) I I had ideas about what things I, I think I thought then that I would be passionate about. At the time, I thought that I wanted to go into economic policy. And I actually am still very passionate about that. I still at some point might go into policy and specifically around economic policy. But at the time I was kind of just taking assumptions at like what things I heard were jobs that were available. And at the time it was, I started college in 2008, which was like, you know, the, the zenith of the economic collapse that happened at the great recession. And the things that I was hearing was gonna be available were things that were in this economic policy type of work or financial institution work. So I figured that by studying economics, I would have a really broad yet applicable set of knowledge to apply to these job offerings that might be available when it came time for me to graduate. So that was really the reason that I I chose economics is that I wanted to be really marketable on on the job market when it came time for it. But also because I, again, was passionate about like the political economy and Especially how resources are distributed to people of color for wealth building opportunities in this country. So, no, short answer there is absolutely not. Had no idea that my career would turn into what it was and only had like a faint idea of like what kind of things I might do at the time.
0: <laughs> so, we know that you went to work for the Chrysler Group and poor thing started in the production planning and capacity management analyst or as a production planning capacity management analyst, Mm -hmm. which wasn't the right fit. But how did you get that job?
1: Actually, this is like I said, I've never gotten a job that wasn't referral. I had the benefit of economics was in the College of Arts and Sciences at Howard University. I studied that as well as communications, which was its own college within the university. And also I was in a co-ed fraternity called Delta Sigma Pi, which was in the business school. So I had the benefit of being in all of these different parts of the campus and with all of these different networks. And it was because of one of my fraternity brothers that I wound up getting the interview I got in front of Chrysler. He was a really good friend of mine, is still a very good friend of mine. And I told him I, I had a few offers for for full-time employment getting closer to graduation. But there weren't things I was very excited about. They were kind of like very just jobs that I wasn't excited about. I don't want to demean them. So he introduced me to the guy who was his hiring manager at Chrysler. And one, I think I was able to ride the coattails of his brand, his hiring manager at Chrysler absolutely adored this friend of mine, just thought that he was a creme de la creme. Anybody that he would put in front of him must also be the creme de la creme. So that got me. I think the the conversation and what got me through the interview process was that I did have some knowledge available to me. I think that I was benefited by having studied economics because I was understanding of like the landscape of like the automotive industry and the role that it played in not only the economic crisis, but its potential rise. I entertained people with those conversations, I think. Also I had like some analytical skills available to me. Again, I did do well in my econometrics and statistics classes that I would later learn are not signals of performing well in analytical roles. Um, <laughs> so that's, that's how I got into the front door was, again, this friend of mine who was in this co-ed frat of mine, Delta Sigma Pi, who made the introduction to me, to the hiring manager. And I, I want to flag here. I, I have returned the favor. He now works at LinkedIn. So, Great. Yeah. So the, the network just continues to give there.
0: Thanks for tuning in to this K Cup mini episode of Time for Coffee. If you want to listen to our entire caffeinated career conversation, please check out the show notes for this episode. Thanks so much for listening to this latest episode of Tea for C. we